my stories. Written by my dad. It's my dad too. Can we have our allowance now? A kayak for my bed. Abby's dad talked about responsibility all the time, and it was Abby's job to cover the crab. The crab was a plastic sandbox. Covering it kept out the rain and any neighborhood cats. There was a particular feline that thought it made a good litter box. When it was uncovered and it rained, it became a small, nasty swimming pool. When the cat took advantage, well, let's just say it wasn't pleasant. Unfortunately, Abby didn't always notice right away. But luckily, she had Bluey. Bluey was an elephant. Under the best of conditions, he didn't care for the crab. What with the way the sand clung to his soft fur. Bluey was a small stuffed animal. But he made up for his lack of size with charm and a rather loud voice that only Abby could hear. Oh, and he also had a nose that could smell cat poop buried under a mound of sand. Abby had left the crab uncovered. But she didn't need Bluey's keen sense of smell to know the cat hadn't relieved itself. See, cats didn't like water, and it had rained last night. Oh, no. Abby cried. She wasn't going to play in the sandbox anyway. She'd done that yesterday. But she didn't want to hear another lecture from her dad. Bluey saw it, too. What well, that isn't good, he said. The rain had filled the sandbox nearly to the top. Abby looked back at her house. Her dad was inside. He said he needed to get some work done and not to bother him unless it was an emergency. Sometimes his job would let him stay home. But those weren't fun days, like weekends. He still had to get dressed, and he had no interest in watching cartoons or going to playgrounds. Instead, he spent the day wandering back and forth between the coffee pot and his computer. Often, he had to make loud phone calls. Bluey hated excessive noise, unless he, another elephant, or Abby were making them. His large ears were very sensitive. Bluey grumbled when her dad was on the phone. Your father can be as loud as he wants, but you have to be quiet. Doesn't seem fair to me. It was just easier for everyone on nice days if Abby stayed outside. She had a big yard, but it could be lonely since there were no other kids in the neighborhood, making for a long summer. Abby walked up to the sandbox and looked down. The water had settled. She could see tiny cars and shovels left in there from yesterday. She reached down and picked one up. Careful, girl, Bluey warned. He was in a panic, afraid she'd drop him. What are we going to do? She wondered, glancing back at the house, making sure her dad wasn't staring out the window. Where's your bucket? Bluey asked. Abby looked in the sandbox but didn't see it. I don't know. Why? We can use it to get the water out, like they do in books when a boat is sinking. Bailing, I think it's called. It'd be a while, because that's a lot of water, but hey, where are you going? Bluey asked as Abby darted off. You had a great idea, she said. Of course I did, but the sandbox is over here, he pointed his trunk. But the bucket isn't. Remember the other day we went to the beach? Of course I remember. You left me here. It was a lovely nap. She went around to the side of the house, to a cold corner on the far side of the deck that the sun only reached in the afternoon. Abby's feet crunched on the gravelly rocks as she went to her dad's boats. He had a pile of kayaks stacked on thick pieces of wood, four in all. Two were the sit-in kind, and two were the sit-on. I brought my bucket to the beach in my dad's kayak. Abby pointed to the bottom one. It was a bright yellow sit-in that had been flipped over. Her mom's, the bright red one, was on top of it. Abby bent down to look in. The kayak had two openings, a cockpit, where the person with the paddle sat, and a back hatch where they could stow things like beach blankets, small coolers, and sand toys. Abby looked across the deck, back at her house. She could see the patio door and the coffee pot. It was only a matter of time till her dad returned. 
Stay up here. She put Bluey on top of the boats. I'll keep lookout. Bluey made a good watchman, since he couldn't move. Abby got down on her hands and knees. The rocks didn't feel very nice. She looked in the cockpit, where she sat on her dad's lap. But she didn't see the bucket. She went to the back, reached up and under, grabbing the hatch cover. It was a large oval piece of hard rubber. She started to slip the edges away. She didn't want to take it off completely, because there was no way she'd get it back on. She made a spot big enough to reach her hand in. Then she started inching her fingers through the hole. Careful, Abby, Louie said. It's fine. She was trying not to think about the spiders and bugs and other creepy creatures that would have climbed up inside. Her fingers disappeared, then her hand, then her wrist, then part of her arm. She tapped around inside, touching the plastic edges of the boat, but not feeling the bucket. That's when she heard a sound. Something was hissing at her. To say Abby pulled her arm out quickly would be an understatement. She sprung with her whole body. If you've ever seen a cat jump, bouncing in the air on all four legs, then you have a pretty good idea of what Abby looked like, though her landing wasn't nearly as graceful as she crashed into the side of the deck. Whoa, what's the matter? Bluey called from on top of the shaky boats. As it turns out, stacking kayaks, which are rounded, doesn't make for the most stable pile. The boats tumbled while Bluey rode the wave of crashing kayaks. He rolled down onto the gravel and straight into Abby. Of all the things she could have been hit with, a stuffed elephant wasn't really that bad. Are you okay? I think so, Abby said, getting to her feet. Then what's the matter with you? Explain yourself. There's something inside there, Abby pointed. Was it the bucket? No, I'm not scared of buckets. Of course not. They'd be silly, unless of course they fall on you or they're filthy or- There's something alive in there, Bluey. It hissed at me, Abby interrupted. I see, Bluey looked at the kayaks. Well, we tried. Might as well go inside. What? We can't leave the boats this way. She pointed to the tumble-down pile. Plus, we still have to get the water out of the sandbox. But something hissed at you, Abby. Do you know what hisses? Um, I don't. Abby shrugged. Snakes, Abby, snakes. They're way more terrifying than buckets. I'll agree with you on that, Abby said. Still, we have to do something. Let's just have a look. Abby started towards the kayaks. She was squeezing Bluey extra tight. He may have been squeezing back. The yellow kayak lay on the ground with the red one on top of it. Carefully, Abby pushed the red one off. It slipped back onto the boards next to the other boats. Now the yellow one was lying on its own. All Abby had to do was flip it over. She looked at the back side of the kayak, hesitating. Do you really think it's a snake? What else hisses? I suppose anything with a tongue. I mean, remember that time when my dad chased that cat out of the sandbox? It hissed. Really? Do you think that it might be the cat? You know, the pooper? Abby looked at the boat, then at Bluey, feeling less afraid. It probably is, Abby said. It was probably trying to go number two in there. That thing is a menace, Bluey said, feeling relieved. Well, I suppose we should let it out. She'll be trapped in there with the boat upside down like this. Okay, stay right here. She put Blue on the side of the deck. Then she bent down. Kayaks aren't very heavy, but Abby wasn't very large either. She grabbed the boat and with all her strength started to flip it. The kayak flopped over as Abby jumped out of the way to keep it from landing on her toes. She stared at the back hatch, listening. She could hear claws scratching along the plastic. Then it went quiet. Nothing was moving. She pointed to the opening with the little seat. It must have gone in through here. You'd think it would come back out. She picked up Bluey. Allow me, 
Abby held him close to the hole. He made some sounds that most cat owners would recognize. Meow, wow, yow, meow, Bluey said. More attentive cat lovers might recognize the sound as part of a complex language. There was no response. Why is it answering? Abby asked. It's a cat. I gave up trying to figure out why they do anything. It's probably asleep in there. You really think so? Abby asked. Only one way to find out, Bluey said. He was looking at the back hatch. I suppose. Abby reached down and grabbed the cover. She pulled it carefully while stepping away. She had no interest in being scratched. The cover had an elastic tether that snapped back and lay on the side of the boat. Abby's eyes never left the hole. She held Bluey tight as she inched back towards it, trying to peer over the edge to see what was inside. She expected to see a black coat, yellow eyes, and triangle ears, perhaps a furry tail. She didn't see any of that. There was a tail, but it had no fur. It was long and scaly. The creature had burrowed up as far as it could into the kayak, hiding its head. What is that? Abby asked, looking at the furry gray backside and that unpleasantly overly long appendage. I have no idea, Bluey admitted. She'd seen a movie once about a rat that wanted to be a chef. It had a scaly tail, but it hadn't been anywhere near this big. The thing in the kayak was the size of a cat, maybe even larger. That's not a rat, is it? Abby asked. Oh, I hope not. Those things are dangerous, Bluey said. But in that movie, they were so friendly. That was just a movie, Abby. Make believe. You don't mess with rats in reality. Can you try talking to it? Sure. Bluey let out a few quick screeches. He's not answering. What should we do? Abby asked. Poke it with a stick, Bluey suggested. That's a terrible idea. You just said not to mess with rats. I don't think it's a rat, but I need a better look at it, so it's got to turn around. Still poking it? Abby asked. Well, don't do a full poke, just a light tap to get its attention. Do it politely. There's no such thing as polite poking, especially with a stick, Abby said, moving forward. What are you doing? Bluey asked as she set him back on the deck. Getting it out, Abby said, bending down. She lifted the end of the boat into the air, grunting as she tipped it over her head. She raised it higher and higher till her arms were all the way out and shaking. This was impressive because the boat weighed nearly as much as her. She heard the creature inside start to move. It slid down with its claws scrambling, slipping towards the cockpit. Right about the time she thought it'd be near the seat, she tried to flip the boat over. It didn't go well. Her arms quit wanting to hold anything, and the boat came crashing down. Abby jumped back, expecting to see something large scurrying away. But there was nothing. Well, that didn't work any better than poking, Bluey said, as Abby picked him up. She was inching forward again. Abby peered into the hatch. She didn't see a tail or fur. Then she looked at the cockpit. Again, it was empty. Slowly, she brought her head down lower. In front of the boat was a large open space where her father's legs went. Abby looked there and saw two eyes, a pink nose and a mouth full of sharp teeth staring at her. The creature hissed again and curled up into a ball. Abby jumped back once more. What is that thing? I didn't see it, Bluey said. Abby put Bluey on the deck and went to the front of the boat. She started to lift again. What are you doing? Bluey asked. Trying to get out. She lifted the boat up and up. Abby, girl, we need to slow down. Why don't you let me try talking to it? Bluey said. Then he raised his voice. Excuse me, friend, but I think you might want to come out of there. But it was too late. Abby had the boat in the air. She turned it a little with her arm, shaking. 
Then she put it down, but this time she managed to get the corner onto the deck and nearly onto Bluey. Did it move? Abby looked inside. The furry creature was staring at her. Its claws were out and clinging to the inner walls of the boat, holding tight. Let go! Get out of there! Abby said. The creature hissed again. Abby was starting to get impatient. She grabbed the rail of the deck and climbed up. She climbed all the way to the top and sat down. Then she pulled the boat up behind her, lifting it higher and higher. Finally, she heard the creature let loose. It slid all the way down, landing in the seat with a thump. Good now! Get going! Abby yelled. The pink nose came up over the side, and its shiny eyes looked around before ducking back down. Bluey, who was still on the floor of the deck, looking up at the kayak, said, What do you want her to do? Jump! It's really high! Fine, Abby said. She climbed off the rail and tried to bring the kayak down carefully. She didn't do it very well. It dropped from her hands and crashed to the ground, rocking on the gravel. Abby looked in the cockpit. Now get out, she yelled. The creature didn't even look at her. It climbed behind the seat and started towards the back hatch again, going up into the corner to hide. No, I said out. Abby was just about to grab it, but it turned around and hissed once more. Its teeth were impressive. Abby backed up, saying, You can't stay in there. But the creature ignored her. Great, now what? She asked, looking at its tail and its furry butt again. Now I know what it is, Bluey said from the deck. Oh, you do? Yes, it's either an opossum or a possum. What's the difference? Good question. That's always confused me, too. I think opossums are the ones from around here. And what about the possum-possum? Abby asked. Those are the ones from somewhere else. Makes sense. Abby nodded. So how do we get it out? Well, it's scared. Opossums get very frightened, and they don't like being out in the daylight. I'd say we leave it alone and let it come out on its own tonight. Abby looked over at the crab, still full of water. She needed the bucket. She looked at the pile of kayaks. She wasn't sure if she'd be able to get them back up the way they were, but she was going to try. Anything to avoid another dad lecture. Do you speak opossum? I'll give it a go, Bluey said, to an outside observer. It may have seemed like the snaps and hisses that followed were coming from Abby, but it was the little blue elephant that the opossum turned to, looked at, and made a hissing sound at. What did she say? I asked her to come out on her own. She said no. Why not? Abby asked. She's very frightened. We aren't going to hurt her. Abby threw her hands in the air. I told her that, he said. Then he muttered. Maybe if you hadn't thrown her around in the kayak, she'd believe you. I've had just about enough of this, Abby said, storming off. She went to the shed, a place that was usually off limits, because her dad kept all sorts of dangerous tools in there. Abby, what are you doing? Bluey asked. He didn't like the way she was acting, as if she were on a mission. Just stay here. She put him down, just inside the door. Please, Abby, she'll come out on her own later, I think. Maybe. Don't worry, I'm not going to hurt her, Abby said, coming back. But she's not going to hurt me, either. Abby had two large leather gloves. Her dad used them to change the logs on the fire pit. Bluey watched from the shed as Abby pulled the gloves on and marched back to the boat. He couldn't see her for a moment with the deck in the way, but he could hear her and the opossum. Abby was trying to talk to the creature. Everything's gonna be fine, she said sweetly. There was a lot of hissing. Blue assumed that was coming from the opossum. Then he heard Abby saying, What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? She came running back to the shed. She had the opossum in her leather glove by its furry back, but the opossum had her as well. Its tail had gone up and wrapped around her arm. What do I do? Abby asked again, staring at Bluey. 
Let it go! Abby did exactly that, but the opossum held on, dangling from her arm. Abby turned her head away. She was afraid it would swing up and try biting her. It didn't. After a long moment, Abby peeked over, seeing the little animal hanging there. It wasn't moving. It's not dead, is it? Come over here, Bluey peered at the opossum. It's playing possum. Bring it down here. Abby kneeled on the ground and held her arm out, laying the furry animal next to the shed. Carefully, she peeled the tail away. The opossum's whole body flopped over. You're sure it's not dead? She'd feel awful if she'd heard it. Only one way to find out. How's that? Leave it alone! Why are you yelling at me? Because that was a terrible idea. You should have left it alone in the first place. Abby took her gloves off. You're probably right. She went back into the shed and put them away. When she came out again, the opossum was gone. There was a small opening under the shed. A little burrow dug into the dirt. Bluey had watched the opossum get up. He apologized for all the bother. He motioned towards the burrow and told Abby, She's down there. Is it safe in there? I hope so. For her and her babies. Babies? Abby asked. Oh yes, she's pregnant, Bluey said. Abby smiled. Then she looked back at the yard. The sandbox was still full of water, and the kayaks needed to be put back in place. She glanced out at the opening under the shed. She'd be out in the yard for some time fixing things, but somehow it didn't feel as lonely anymore. So that was a kayak from my bed. It's one of those stories that's more truth than fiction. But I didn't have a blue stuffed elephant to help me out when there was an opossum stuck in my boat. They're not bad creatures to have in your yard. They eat lots of bugs and mainly keep to themselves. Just make sure your kayak is closed and you'll be all set. I do apologize for my bluey performance. He's meant to sound one way, a bit South African like Claw from Black Panther. But somehow he keeps turning into Sebastian the Crab. I must have watched The Little Mermaid too many times. Can you do any voices? It can be fun to try. In my next story, Anna is going to be playing a cranky old snapping turtle named Stella. I can't wait to see what voice she comes up with for that. The story is called Tara the Fire-Breathing Turtle, so make sure you give it a listen. You can sign up for my email list so you never miss a story. And I'll also tell you about my new novel, The Curse of Purgatory Cove. It comes out in October. All the music from my podcasts are provided by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening.